Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Wednesday morning. It's kind of hard to believe it's Wednesday. (laughs) Week's going by weird. Hopefully you're doing all right. Welcome to the Break the Cycle with DSD show. I am your host, Dwayne. I'm not a therapist. I'm an individual like you who's been through a tough experience, developed some tips and techniques that helped me get through it that I share with you to help you get your life back. Minimize the damage of narcissistic abuse. Repair the damage with your kids and help you just get along or get on with your life. Be careful throwing diagnoses around. That can only happen in a clinical environment. So although it's good to learn about the tip or the the traits, easy for me to say, the characteristics, the behavioral patterns, just be careful going around telling everybody that I've determined if with my with my non-professional <laughs> experience that my ex is diagnosed with whatever. And I, and I know that, that it doesn't happen normally that way. It's not, it's not like that's what we're doing, but just be careful. Focus on patterns of behavior. Best, best course of action, focus on what they're doing. If you like what we got going on here, consider becoming a channel member. You can do that over at youtube.com slash dad's fighting divorce. Just look for the join button. You can get a cool emoji cons and badges and all kinds of other little perks the text notification is let's see if i can get this to work is open uh let me scroll over here if you want to be on the text list you can text dsd live to 1-844-598-0012 within the united states and canada and you'll be added on to the morning text notification when things are going on if you want to call in to today, into today's show, you can do that by dialing 1-424-373-5483 or 1-424-DSD-LIVE. And for all the new people out there, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, ring the bell notification so you don't miss a thing. Today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, Basically, the overarching topic is going to be, you're a hell of a lot stronger than you think, and you give yourself credit for it. When you go through these things, it's, it's really tough, and you feel most of the time that you're completely broken, but this, the, the reality is, is that to endure this takes a tremendous amount of strength, strength and perseverance, and even though you may not think that you have it, my guess is, is that you probably do <laughs> because most people don't survive in these situations, don't, uh, don't have to live, I guess. Maybe that's a better way to say it through these situations. So hopefully, like I said, hopefully you guys are doing all right. Let me just see what's going on here in, uh, in the show startup. I'm a little tired, so, but I, I did finally go to the grocery store and get a whole new batch of coffee, so I'm hoping... I'm hoping that it'll do the, it'll hit the spot. So it looks like we got a handful of people in here this morning. Oh, you know what? And I'll well, I'll just you know what? I'll just jump into this. Holly's Universe says, uh, "Hi all, trust you're all having a good day. I'm so so ashamed. Shouted at my daughter this morning over small things. I'm so stressed with court coming up." And the horrible shenanigans to follow. You know, I think that the main this this illustrates a a very good not a good situation, 
but a very good point and a very common thing that we get into. Now, you guys, I just want to throw this out here. A lot of times, well, I hope that you realize that I'm a human being too. I struggle with this stuff too. I've done exactly what this person is saying right now. And the key on this, excuse me, the key is one, recognize when you're under stress, right? When you know something's happening, you need to put that command interrupt in your mind so that you, you know that you're going to be a little bit more on edge, which means you need to give yourself more time and more space to, to process things. Now, sometimes things just happen and it's a, and it's a perfect, perfectly bad storm where basically you're already in that mode to where you're yelling at your kid before you even realize it. And like, while you're doing it, you're like, oh crap, I need to stop. So the, the point is just to, to try to recognize it so that you can stop yourself, that you can say, okay, you know what? I am, I'm a lot of things are coming up. Like the person mentioned in there, they've have court coming up. I don't care how good you are. If you have that coming up, it's still going to be stressful. If I had court coming up, I would be under a tremendous amount of stress. Actually, for some crazy reason, I feel like I'm under a tremendous amount of stress anyways. I'm still trying to still trying to figure out what the heck's going on with that. Just have a lot of things going on with work and everything. So I mean I'm sure that's all it is. But but uh but I'm I you get to the point that you recognize your own cues that something's a little bit off and a little bit different. First thing is just try to recognize that. Now, we all are all, all gonna make mistakes, and it's just about it's a matter of how do you recover from it? You know, I mean, it's like you, you need to basically acknowledge that what you did you weren't happy with. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously there's more, there's going to be more to this story, but, but what you don't want to, you want to acknowledge that it happened and try to basically say, hey, you, you recognize that it's not the, the, the behavior that you expect from even yourself. And to, to deal with that. Because what you really don't want to do is you, you don't want to just arbitrarily have an event and then ignore it and never talk about it. Like, oh, let's pretend like that never happened because, well, then you're setting, you know, then you're training your child that that's appropriate behavior, that that's what they should, should expect from other people. And, you know, now granted, keep in mind that, that we're talking about, you know, you got to keep in mind the age and the, the emotional maturity and all that stuff that's going on. But remember, it's a, you, we can turn those situations into teachable moments, turn it into a positive to demonstrate the appropriate way to deal with situations and, and to deal with conflict and to deal with, with uh, issues. So let me scroll around here for a moment. It looks like I might have a caller, so I'll check that in a moment. All right, see... Now, Casey says, I yelled at my son this morning also. Don't feel like a bad parent. It's okay. Yeah, it's just, like I said, it's a matter of, of just, again, recognizing when you're in that, those modes. And then, so, so hopefully going forward, you can catch it when it's happening, right? So you, you know that, that you're in a situation to where you're, you're, your capacity for perseverance is diminished. 
All right, I am going to go over to area code 682. It says, uh, wants, I just looks like they want to talk about narcissism. So, hello and welcome to the show. Anybody there? Am I doing something wrong? Test one, two. Okay. Looks like the call terminated. <laughs> All right. Let me make sure that I that I ended that. Okay. Sorry about that. The the excitement of live. <laughs> uh, Katie says I get stressed too and feel uh, edgy too. This is a good topic. Yeah. It it's you know it's it's really weird because I can look back on my situation. And I can recognize all the times that I, that I made those, those special mistakes, those special little not-so-great situations where, you know, you just you, you get caught up in the moment. You get caught up in everything that's going on and make mistakes. Now, what I'll tell you is, is as I started to pay more attention and recognize what was going on, it became easier to see to, to, to kind of almost detach from yourself and watch what was going on to say, oh, okay, crap. You know, I'm really stressed. The kids have been provoked. This situation is getting bad. And I mean, there was a couple of times where one of my kids, I mean, just completely went off the deep end where previously in that situation, I would have responded and reacted in a different way. But you get to a point that you start to recognize what's going on and you can calm yourself down and deal with it more rationally. Now, not always. Again, the, 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 the dangerous cocktail in this is stress, you know, money, which often ties in with stress. If you're not feeling well, maybe you don't have enough rest, you're sick. And if you have some impending court thing coming up, that's going to just amplify it, you know, 5,000%. Hold on. Also, I think what uh, uh, somebody had written to, let's see. Yeah, I, DC says here at one point, he goes, I still tell the kid, I'm, quote, I'm sorry, I was upset and took it out on you. Um, went on to say, there's something there that'll not hear from the narc parent, which is absolutely true. They... And see, guys, that, that's, the, that's the key on this, right? That's the opportunity we have to really show a difference, right? When, when a situation happens, whenever we're able to really demonstrate with our own actions the appropriate way to deal with things, it's, it's, a, it's an easy way to turn a, well, it's an easy way to take a, a, a loss in a battle and turn it into a victory that overall helps the war, like I, war, like I always talk about. So that's, um, I mean, that's really, that's the thing you have to remember on this. Everything that we have going forward on this is an opportunity to demonstrate how things are different and how they can be. You, we absolutely don't want to just reinforce more toxic behavior, other examples of things that are just confusing that just don't that won't help 
the situation won't help our kids. That's a... Uh, All right, I'm trying to read this comment. I think, I'm not sure, but I think Casey is saying, when you say, quote, I'd still apologize, that's also something you always apologize to your kids. And I think that's reinforced. I think, if I'm reading that correctly, it's the same thing. It's, it's basically demonstrating again that it's something different than what a typical toxic narcissistic person is going to do. Now, you guys also, we all know that if it is in their best interest, interest, meaning a toxic person, if they think that gives them a tactical advantage to apologize, they might. Now, my situation, my uh, 20 years in that marriage, I don't recall ever that person ever apologizing. Now, I mean, probably over the course of two decades there was, but I don't, you know, when I, when I thought back on it, I don't normally see that. And I think most people, most of the time you're not, you're going to see blame shifting. You're going to see, well, I, I apologize that I, or what's the, what's the, the, the stereotypical one? You know, I'm sorry that you took offense to what I said. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, I'm sorry that you got hurt whenever I threw something at you. What, what? So, but you guys, you, you'll know, right? And that's the thing. That's the, that we get to, we get to, to show the difference to, uh, we get to show the difference to our kids. We get to show, we get to be a better person. And even if, even if you have in the past fallen for that trap, you've said, you know, you, you may have not dealt with it in a, in a, in a situation or in a, in a manner that you wish you would have starting today. You can change your mind. You can pick a different way to go. You can do something different. Oh, let's see, Shane. Okay, this is actually a good one. So Shane says, uh, DSD question, my son is 12 and is pretty strong-willed. He ex He's exhibiting some of his narc mother's behaviors, especially lying. I feel like I'm always correcting him instead of connecting. Okay, so two things. One, just because a child, like in this situation, just because, now granted, it's not a great sign. However, it's not a catastrophic sign. Keep in mind that if your ex does these type of behaviors and your 12-year-old has grown up in an environment where that is normalized, there's a good chance they're going to at least test it out and try it themselves. Now, I, I absolutely get what you're saying where you say you feel like you're always correcting him. And this is where, and I've talked about this before, this is where the good cop, bad cop thing comes in where we have to be both. You absolutely do not want to set the precedence that in your house that you are always the authoritarian, that you know, dad's always picking up, not, you know, dad's always correcting me, that th this is the reoccurring theme. You have to have an outlet where there's two things. What I mean is, is yes, you have to hold them accountable for the inappropriate behavior. However, you also have to have an out where you guys can still do something and bond. The deal with that, let's see, I'm going to try to brainstorm on this really quick. So let's say, you know, situation like you said, okay, so your 12 year old son, 
is uh, you catch him in lying and you want to make a point that that uh, there's a, there's a consequence. So you pick something very targeted for a length of time that is reasonable. Like for instance, let's say uh, let's say you guys do physical stuff together, like you go for walks or you go for runs or or you do something like that, and you also uh, they also really like to play video games or something like that. Then you would say, hey, all right, look, inappropriate behavior. We don't allow lying here. You've got to say it in a very calm way, right? You don't want to be, you know, you've you got to be very targeted on how you do it. Uh, oftentimes, well, not oftentimes, every time in this situation, we don't get to be the parent that we thought we were going to be before, right? Probably in your mind, there's a certain way that you would deal with this that probably would have been okay, appropriate in a normal situation, right? You set the ground rules, you really drive the point home, and uh, the other parent is there to kind of soothe, and and it just that's the dynamic. It works out. Unfortunately, we have to be both, which means that you have to hold the accountability, let there be a punishment, but also have a uh, a way to still maintain that connection. So again, I'm, I know I'm talking in circles. So let me let me just clearly say this. Like in that situation, all right, you are, because of this, you, even if it, let's say it's short term, you can't, uh, you can't play video games, can't play Xbox for the rest of the, for the rest of the day. We'll just say rest of the day. And, but what you don't want to do is you don't want to say, okay, you're grounded, go in your room, sit there, contemplate life, your life lessons. And, uh, you know, tomorrow we can hit the reset button. You don't want to do that because that's a huge trap. Because that is a wedge that will absolutely be used against you. So you have to do that, that dual thing, right? Like in a normal situation, and I don't even say, see, the thing is, is I think realistically what happens is, is we're forced to become better parents, right? I fell in this other trap too. It was so easy to where, okay, I'd come home, so-and-so did something wrong. All right, I'd go in, march in, you know, all right, little Johnny, you know, you're bad. I don't know what I would say, but whatever. It would be that scenario. I would leave. And then a little bit later, you know, mom would come in and, and, you know, wipe away the tears and, and be the nurturing person. We got to do the, now we have to be the, be the same, right? We can't just be the no accountability and happy good time person. We can't be the 100% accountability and get out of line, mister, and you are going to pay. That's not going to work. It's got to be a balance. So ground them for something. And then like, let's say if they, you know, if you guys go play catch or something, it's like, Hey, all right, let's, uh, you know, you, you know, let's go play catch or let's go do something different or let's uh, watch a movie or, or, you know, let's make dinner or something. Now, granted, there's a possibility, depending on the age and 12's, get, you know, starting to get up there, they're going to be a little bit more defiant. There might be one, one, two, you know, whatever. But just, you got to kind of leave that door open. Hard to do. I will definitely say that. It was not easy to do. But I'll, I'll, what I will tell you is when I pivoted to that approach, Oh my God, it had a, a huge, huge improvements in everything. So that is my thought, Shane, on how to deal with, with that. Hopefully that was helpful. And hopefully that was not triggering. I know someone else said something about triggering. I don't know if that's what that was. So let me scroll a little bit around and see what, uh, what else is going on here. This is an interesting one. Okay, so Tiffany says, uh, Dwayne would would be interested in your thoughts on stigma. 
One more day before RO restraining order expires and I'm anxious to get back into my kid's life. You know, see, I think my advice on this is going to be a little different than what I was saying before. And, and where like, you know, if you're trying to apologize for something, I I think on this, you just kind of, my take on it would be, okay, the time's over. You, You did your time, so to speak. So it was yesterday. The only caveat, and I think what you're talking about is that. It's like, you know, uh, the whole stigma that you've, I mean, hell, even the stigma you've dealt with over the period of time during this, which if I remember correctly, you said it was about a year in a previous show. I could be wrong, so if I am, I apologize. But, but you know, there's a stigma associated with that because, well, why did that happen? You know, I mean, you know, people just make assumptions that, that well, obviously people, like we were talking about yesterday, obviously people don't lie. No one would ever make something up, so it must have been serious. So I would just, Tiffany, if you have a, if you're working with a therapist, I would definitely work through the stress and anxiety issue with them just to process it and, and make it go away. But I understand how that sticks with you because there have been times in my past where things have happened or just things I wasn't even happy with. And even if it's like nobody knows, but you feel it in, inside and it bothers you and you're like, oh, you know, what are people going to think? I mean, the thing is, you've done your thing. You're getting ready to get back to normal. And that's the main, you know, the main issue now is reintegrating your kids and, you know, your guys, you both are all of you guys into each other's lives again and starting to find a new normal. I mean, I know you're really not tied in with what the question you're asking, but I would say as long as the kids aren't making an issue out of it, I mean, you might have to address it. And and if they ask a question on it, I mean, for the most part, because of all the extra crap that's going on with this, I don't know if I would really recommend, you know, day one, say, hey, guys, let's sit down and let me tell you exactly what happened and why why this was a you know mess. I don't know, Tiffany, let me know if that helped. And let me... Uh, mute and cough for a second. Oh, let me grab this one. Uh, where, if I can, hopefully I can find it. Uh, right. Oh, wow. I did find it. Maria says, doing, going through a divorce with a narc is pure hell. Yeah, yeah that's the understatement. It, yes. Just when things seem to be resolved, they throw a curveball and everything amps up 1000%. They love to push our buttons to make us look crazy. And the other aspect of this, Maria, which I will, um, which was a, a thing I struggled with, is the same thing. It's like, you know, you finally get to the point, it's like, oh, thank God, it's resolved. Okay, we finally deal, dealt with that issue. Now, today, I can start getting back on with my life. And then 15 minutes goes by, and then bam, some other issue pops up. And the, and the thing to be careful of is... It's really easy to get into that mode to where you start having basically getting triggered and emotional flashbacks and PTSD associated with it. I got to the point after a while where even when things, if things were going okay, I would start to get freaked out because I'm like, oh my God, things are going okay. Every time everything's going okay, you know, something else happens. So what's going to happen? I mean, I got to the point where even when things were good, she didn't even have to do anything. I was doing it to myself. It's, it's, it, (laughs) it takes time. 
It takes time to, to recognize and understand who these people are, what they do, how they operate, not to be surprised by it. Because, see, that's, that's the issue, is you get hit by those curveballs and you're not expecting them. Then you go through a phase to where you're constantly expecting them. So even when you're not hit by a curveball, you feel like you are. You are. But then what happens, then what changes after a period of time is you anticipate it. You kind of have a plan in the event that something happens, but it doesn't bother you anymore. That, my friends, is when things really start to change. That's when you really start to take back control of your life. And the, the really frustrating part about this, well, that's an understatement because it's all, pretty, it's all pretty frustrating. The really frustrating part about this is that it just takes so freaking much time to get to that point. And it's so painful going through these iterations and dealing with it. Yeah, DC says hypervigilance. I, oh my God, I wonder if I can find that. I want to put that one on the screen. I fell into that so much. But again, it doesn't, that doesn't last forever. You get to the point where you kind of, everything shifts and you're kind of high, you're vigilant, but you're not so, you're not so vigilant that it's making you crazy, if that makes sense. Oh, Cherry says, these are the moments I'm glad I didn't have kids with my ex. That would make things so much easier. Let's see. Let's see if there's, it's a, it's kind of a quiet day. It feels like this week has just been crazy. All right, let's see. Oh, I'll just grab this one. Shane had said to POP, it says, my ex talks a big game to me, but wants me to be the disciplinarian so she can stay the fun mom and I can be the strict dad. Yeah, guys, hey, here, here's the thing. If you're early, and I just want to touch on this for a moment. If you are early into this process, hopefully you haven't, you're, you know, maybe you're researching this information before the buttons push, so to speak. If you fall into this category, start to change it. I did. Uh, actually, I did. Um, I, unfortunately, I didn't have the awareness of what I was dealing with, but I got sick of being constantly, I just got sick of the drama. And what happened is, is I got to the point, I remember, I remember starting to come home and it would be like, you need to do this, you know, with the kids. And I'm like, mm, no, that sounds like your problem. You need to take care of that. I'm not getting involved in that. And that went over like a lead balloon, but I started to back off on it. And, and so the problem is like just what Shane was talking about. It's so easy to get caught up in the trap. That's where, that's how, in my opinion, some of this parental, parental alienation starts before we even realize it's happening, right? Because if you're in a situation where one parent is, the, is perceived as the, the more nurturing parent and the other parent is the strict person, and it could be, it, the roles can be reversed, right? I mean, we're talking in this situation with me and with Shane about you know, the stereotypical dad role, but there are opposite sides where the women are the, the mom is the authoritarian and the dad is the opposite. Either way, it's a bad situation, you know, because it just sets, it sets you up that whenever, if something does go wrong in the relationship, 
it is super, super easy for an ex, for a toxic ex, to use that as a wedge issue issue to make things worse. Now, you would hope that, that the other person would be, you know, hey, like if in a separation, it wouldn't, they wouldn't use it to try to de- destroy your relationship. If you're at the, on this channel, you're not, you're not in one of those. And that means that they will use everything in context and out of context to undermine your relationship and to basically destroy you. So if you're early into this, start changing that now. Start trying to become a better parent now. Take, get some books, you know, look for, look for resources on how you can be the best parent you can possibly be. And if you find, if you're looking at this and you're going, holy crap, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh my God, this is my life. This is exactly what happened. This is exactly where I'm at. I'm a year or two years into a divorce. I've been, you know, this, I've been the authoritative person. I'm trying to give them structure and it's not working. This is why. It still can work though. You can still have that structure. You can still do that and maintain like the first question about how you maintain uh, a, a connection. I'm trying to find it. A connection with your kid, with your children. It, it, that is right there. That's the critical thing. Yeah, back with the Shane's thing at the beginning. And it says, I feel like I'm on the last part. It says, I feel like I'm always correcting him instead of connecting. All we have to do is just pivot our approach and we can do both. So, all right, let's see what else is going on in the comments. Anyway, the phone lines are open if you want to call into the show. Uh, the number is one four two four three seven three five four eight three. Let's see if moderator Debbie has grabbed any other comments. So I just, no, I already adjust those. So that's awesome. Uh, okay. New. Oh, see, this is tough. Casey says, my child's father is a narc, and every time he gets a new girlfriend, he contacts less and less and picks up his son less. I guess because he has a new supply, I would say a new happy supply. I'm the strict mom, and he's the fun dad. Yeah, Casey, just everything we've been talking about. You can still be strict. Add some fun into it. Don't drive your kid away to it. Now, especially whenever he's being rejected more, right? And your son, no matter how old he is, I don't care if he's five or if he's 17, this is going to affect him. You know, that's why, I mean, guys, I would really encourage everybody out there to really take their time on the whole dating thing. A narcissist isn't. They're going to feel scared being alone they're going to want somebody else. They're going to want it for their image. So there's a whole bunch of extra crap going on with that. Everyone else, focus on healing yourself. Focus on being okay alone. If you have kids, have a strong relationship with them. I would even say, you know, if you get to the point where they're coming up to you and they're going, you know, hey, dad, hey, mom, you know, when are you going to start dating again? You know, you know, or if they're like, hey, that person's cute or whatever. Now, you don't want them to necessarily be a matchmaker. I know we have a couple people in here who have been in that situation, and then they end up getting in a relationship, and then their child is like, you know, well, I don't approve of that person, so I'm, you know, I'm going to go down the deep end. But just take, take, take time. I mean, for me, I, and I know this is so, I know this is so cliche, 
But for me, the priority was the kids. And it's like, okay, how do I minimize the trauma and the drama with them? I mean, that's the reason, well, there's a bunch of reasons, but one of the reasons why Debbie and I have taken things really, really slow, why we, well, I, it's one of many reasons, right? I mean, there's also a financial aspect to it, but that's one of the reasons why we've kind of kept things the way they are and we're just slowly progressing the way we are. I think now if something happened, it would probably work out, but there was a period of time where it would have been like burning the house down if, and I'm not even saying, it wasn't even like, I mean, I was, what, divorced maybe a year or two whenever I met. I get so confused on the timelines now. But, I mean, my bottom line is, is I, when I went through the divorce, I didn't know Debbie. Never, you know, wasn't even in my life. So, and then the divorce was final. So, I think it was maybe the following year. And, but even with that, it was like we, we took it slow. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, you know, I met this new person. Here's my new girlfriend. You know, they're moving in, you know, hey, look, they have kids too. You know, that whole thing. I wasn't like that. Take things slow. You know, one of our big responsibilities, my opinion, one of our big responsibilities is providing, providing stability for our kids and in return, providing stability for ourselves. Technically, we have to do it first. We have to get ourselves stable before we can help them. It's like the oxygen mask, right? If you're in an airplane and the oxygen mask falls down, if you don't put it on yourself and you start trying to put it on your kid, there's a good possibility that you won't stay conscious enough to finish that. Get it on you first, get yourself taken care of, and then you're in a better position to help other people or specifically to help your kids. So let me see if I missed any more comments on that. Um, oh, and guys, if you want to get my attention, just do at DSD. It'll highlight it in orange in one side and at least puts my name in there so I know that you're Whenever you guys are talking among talking amongst yourself, which I highly encourage, I yeah absolutely do that. Uh, it just makes it you know when I'm trying to to quickly discern what's going on. Oh, I'll grab this one. Nikki says the hardest part I've dealt with is the revolving door of different women that the ex pull uh, puts above his own children. My son would come home crying about how he would he could hear them having ha- hear them wrestling in the other room. You know, it's so, oh God. See, this is a prime example of, you know, just little decisions. It doesn't take much, right? I mean, even, even, okay, I get, if you have full custody, which I'm like 90% sure this isn't Nikki's case, but if you have full custody and your kids are always there, again, I would encourage you to wait uh, I would also encourage you to not do it in your own house, right? Uh, meaning it's like, okay, if you have full custody and you're going to go out, then you're going to get a babysitter, get someone to watch the kids and go someplace else. Don't bring them in. You know, if it gets to the point that you've been with somebody for, for months, like at least three, hopefully more like six, because you want it to be a serious thing you don't want like Nikki was talking about this and this happens on the flip side too right I mean I've heard people talk about how their ex-wives it's like every week or every month there's another person there's another new super super great guy who's their soulmate walking in the door you know don't don't do that and the thing is is that I mean so like in that situation I mean what do you do right I mean your kid comes back they're upset 
and you want to just like, you know, my guess is, is it's probably limited to like, even in my situation, right? 50, 50, you know, I mean, just take a break, you know? I mean, I don't know. The problem is the reality is there's probably some of this one. They're not thinking about, they're not thinking about the, the, well, I'm going to say it. It's actually, I'm going to say something that's going to contradict. They're not thinking about how it's affecting anybody. And then they're also thinking about how it's going to get back to you. Right? Like, so there's probably a part of it where it's like, okay, I want, I want the ex to know that I'm seeing somebody else, that there's a new person in there, not thinking about the effect it has on the kids, but more of just like, you know, Hey, you know, boop, poking you in the eye. Anyways, it's just frustrating. And honestly, it's hard to hear all that stuff. I mean, you know, in some ways it was really frustrating when, when my kids were younger, they would tell me nothing. It was like a black hole, which is kind of where I came up with the black hole thinking. It was a black hole over there. It was like, you know, everything that was happening over here was being broadcast to the X, you know, on surround sound. But then on the flip side, it was like no information coming from there. It's like nothing. It was like radio silence. They come back and it's like, oh, nothing, nothing's happening. Nothing, you know, nothing. And, and I, the early part of it, I didn't understand the dynamic of it. I thought, I thought, or I took it personally. I'm like, well, what, this doesn't make sense. Why, you know, why won't they tell me anything? took me a while to realize that basically it was out of fear. It was like, you know, somehow they were basically convinced that, uh, that telling me something was going to be a catastrophic mistake. But for whatever reason, I couldn't convince them that telling their mom everything that was happening on, you know, with me was, wasn't a catastrophic mistake. I think it's because I wasn't, you know, yelling at them about that or, are somehow trying to make them feel bad about it. Okay, let's see. Uh, so Tiffany had said, uh, DSC, that's, this is what my oldest son alluded to in the school reports. Dad's new girlfriend moved in. Six months later, they're engaged. See, that's the other thing. I mean, it's a bad sign when things go fast. There's no reason. I mean, th th okay, I got to be, I got to be crystal clear on this. I'm an idiot. I'm a freaking moron. I met my, my, I've only been married once. I met my wife. Let's see if I can remember the timeline. So I'm, I, basically, well, we, we went out on our first date in like September so we dated a little bit. I went into the air for September, October in November. I went into basic training in the air force and we'd already decided to get married. And then I had, you know, so I had to go to basic training. Then I had to go to my technical school. She moved out to technical school and we were married. I mean, so basically from the time we dated from our first, I mean, so it was funny cause I used to, I used to like being able to say, cause you, you know, you, you hear people who'd be like, um, oh, we've been married for 10 years, but we've known each other for 16, you know, we, but we knew each other for six before that. I used to enjoy saying, oh, we've been married for 10 years, or we've been married for six years, but we knew each other for six years, you know? But 
so anyways, my point is, is that I fell into that trap where I did something quick. In my opinion now, getting married quick is the stupidest thing anybody can do. If they're the right person, then waiting is not a problem, right? It's, it's when you get into that point where you, oh, I got to lock them down, right? I mean, so that, that, that Tiffany is just a disaster waiting to happen, in my opinion. So, oh, I like this. Merge says, Dwayne, I waited or, at DSD. I waited over eight years before I got involved with someone new. My daughter really likes her a lot, and they are developing their own relationship on their own time. I think she's happy, and I'm happy. And see, this is the thing, right? Build, first thing, build, the, build that bond with your child. Make sure it is rock solid. Then when it's time for a relationship, then it just ha- it flows because... You know, they don't, if you've, if you've done things right with your kids, then they don't feel threatened by this new relationship. And since you've done the work on yourself, you're not picking somebody who's going to try to triangulate you with your own kid. Everyone's going to be emotionally mature, obviously the child's, you know, whatever, but they're going to be geared up better because you've had an opportunity to, to help them develop into a healthy, mature adolescent. And, uh, that's the key. So good to hear that merge. Glad things are going good for you. Let's see. Oh yeah. John says DSD. These are the same narcs that use the restraining order or use a restraining order. So they can uh, be with their new love and hurt their children yet. Don't see they hurt the hurt they're causing to everyone. It's all about them guys. That's the key. They don't think about anything other than them. Everyone is a means to an end. The new relationship means to an end. The children means to an end. They don't think about them. They're may, or they don't think about anybody other than themselves. It's really hard for us to watch that because we get to see the train wreck unfold. And oftentimes we are powerless to do anything to stop it. Right. I mean, and, and realistically, when someone is with their kids on their time, unless it's supervised time or there's something in the court order that restricts something, they can do pretty much whatever they want. There is no law, a a real law that you can't bring a new person in your house every week. I mean, it's, it's tragic. It's horrible. It's setting up your kids. It's showing a pattern of, I mean, if we're lucky in that situation, the kids will look at it and go, Holy crap, this sucks. I will never do this. And maybe they'll fall down that route. Unfortunately, oftentimes what happens is, is then they look for somebody who's emotionally needy and then they are like, who is like their parent and tries to replicate that to get the person to focus more on them, to be able to, to, to replicate what they had in childhood with a new partner so that they can prove to their little inner child that yes, I am lovable. Yes, I was able to find somebody like my other, my, my parent or my childhood situation, and uh, um, now, see, look, look, they, they love me. You know, the problem is, is that when you go with a toxic person, it's the same thing. You, if you can't get the person to get themselves fit, I mean, the only way you could do that is if you're like, hey, you know, get the person into therapy. Let's say they're borderline or they're MPD or whatever, and get them to recognize the issue and seek help. Now, the problem with that 
is sometimes people are doing that just to break the other person down and the empathetic non-narcissistic person is convinced that they're the problem that they're the one with the issue and they do go to try to seek help because they're like oh wow you know they do care about the person they do care about the situation and they really want to try to make a difference which actually that goes also into the concept of how things just kind of get wrapped into a circle where okay i'm saying this wrong what i mean is is that where it gets really tough to realize who the hell is telling the truth. You know, I think, okay, let me just pause on this. That's like even the, the story we were talking about yesterday, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard. You know, everyone has their place in this. Now, broad brushes, whenever you're using it to, to, to illustrate an argument, obviously I'm saying, you know, Amber Heard's one way and Johnny Depp's the other, but it's, for, it's to, to, to set the stage and the point. Does that mean that he's a saint? Probably not, right? I mean, there's other people I saw in comments yesterday. It's like, well, he's a narcissist too. Yeah, maybe. You know, he probably has. I mean, think about it. Every one of us who gets into a situation where we, we get with a toxic person and think it's okay, there's something wrong there, right? A normal person wouldn't fall for these traps. Now, let me back up. A normal person can fall for the traps, but they'll see through it more quickly. It's like it doesn't take the whole place getting burnt to the ground before they go, oh, wow, this place was on fire. Well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, duh. D you didn't notice it when the smoke was pouring out the windows? Oh, I thought, you know, I thought it was just my uh, aromatic air freshener making, you know, making a scent. Jeez, that wouldn't that be a cartoon? Oh, there's nothing wrong here. Your house is on fire. Hey, dude, your, your house is on fire. No, no, it's fine. It's, it's okay. It's just we're running the fireplace. <laughs> it's like you know, flames coming out the windows and stuff. All right, I'm going to grab this caller, uh, area code 978. Hello and welcome to the show. Hi, Dwayne. Hey, Tiffany. how are you doing? <laughs> just trying to call my anxiety before court tomorrow. Oh, that makes it tough. Court, um, I always got stressed before court too. Yeah, it's inevitable. Um, so the ex, the ex's new girlfriend is she's she's not unpleasant. Um, I've I've spoken to her a couple of times, but um, the the thing that annoys me the most about her is she gets my child's name wrong. My son, his name is Beau, and it's spelled B E A U, which is handsome in French, and his nickname is Bobo's. Well, she writes it as B-O-B-O. -B -O. It is now on their Christmas card. I am, it, it's one issue that I really, really can't get over because it's his identity. That's his name. That's been his name since birth. Right. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned I the mean, name thing. Um, let me ask you this. Do you think it's intentional and she's, and the new girlfriend is doing it well, two things. Do you think the new girlfriend is doing it on purpose to screw with you? And or do you think the if the name is important to you, is the ex using this to 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 mess with you? What's your opinion on that? Did I, I lose? I just don't think that they 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 realize like what what the actual issue is. But I mean, 
my ex-husband has had to write his son's name for all the court documents. He's had to write it for so many other things. I mean, Christ, he couldn't even get the vital statistics right when he had to file that with the divorce. He spelled his name wrong. Birth dates were wrong. Um, but I, I don't know. Am I just being super anal about how your name is spelled? Is it, is there, is that something that's wrong with me? No, I mean, well, no initial thing is no, it's not wrong with you. And I, it's like I said, it's funny cause I'm dealing with something very similar. Uh, here, here's okay. So here's the, the option, <clears throat> excuse me. Here's the options. If you think this new girlfriend is reasonable and isn't playing games. And this is one way to test it. And you may not want to do it because it's, it's tough would be to say, to have a conversation and just say, Hey, um, you know, just so there's not a confusion, can you please spell it appropriately and call them appropriate? You know? And then one way that, I mean, that's actually almost kind of an interesting test. And I don't know if emotionally you're ready to do that. So this is, this is all dependent upon with what I'm saying, if you think it's something to try. And if it's not, if you're like, no, I don't even want to deal with this person, that's perfectly fine. And then I'll have an answer on some advice to think about that. But what you could do is have that conversation with zero expectation that it's going to accomplish anything positive, right? And it's a data point. So for instance, if you said that, if you pulled her aside and you go, hey, Candy or whatever, you know, hey, could you, could you not do that? You know, I mean, this is kind of a, an issue with me. And if they're, if they go, oh, wow. Okay. Sorry. Um, no problem. Well then, you know, okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. More than likely what will probably happen is, is they'll just double down and continue to do it. Or they might even, you know, just say, you know, you're, you know, whatever kind of lash out at you. If, if you think that's going to happen and you don't want to deal with that, cause I know I wouldn't want to deal with that. What you can, then the next part of it is, is whatever they're doing on their side of the, uh, of the fence they can do and you just let them do whatever and you you know basically when they're when your son's with you then you just keep things normal and it's frustrating because you know what if he starts your son starts writing it wrong or or taking it as it's cool like it's a nickname or something the reality is is most of the time we don't get to influence what the heck the other person's doing and how they're doing it and sometimes when we reach out and say, hey, would you knock this off? It's just giving them narcissistic supply and it's a victory for them because they know they got to you. And it, it just really depends on how you think this new person is and how you think it would play out. How do you think it would play out if you did try to say something to them? Um, I'm not sure with her, but I mean, it's, it's written on all their Christmas cards that they're going to send out this year. And it's it just makes me anal. Like, how do you not care enough about your own child? Well, in the, in the father's aspect to, to say, Hey, that's, that's not his name. Like that's, it, it's a, it's a big deal to me. Cause you know, I, I don't go around going, Oh, Oh, Doug, Doug, right. Doug, your name's Doug. Right. Like that's, you know, it's, it's a, it's part of their identity. I hear you. I'm, I am, <laughs> you don't know how, how, how with you I am on this. It, 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 the problem is they don't think about stuff like this, right? You know, your ex is not sitting there. If he's narcissist, you know, we'll, we'll just take it for face value that he's, you know, if he was diagnosed or went to somebody, he would be diagnosed with an issue. If that's the case, he doesn't care. It's all about whatever's in the moment works for him. And, and it could just be that if he's like, 
you know, hey, the new girlfriend likes to call him this for whatever reason. I mean, it could be that, that uh, you know, maybe somehow the name has been made a problem. Like, I never wanted to name him that. That was the ex's thing. And, you know, the, the new girlfriend's been kind of manipulated. They're like, oh, okay, well, that's an issue. So we'll just we'll just modify it to try to make it better on their side, right? I mean, it's just your, your only real option, and, and I think your concern is valid. I'm not saying, I'm not diminishing your concern, but the reality is, I mean, unless you were somehow to in court to say, you know, you will not screw with the name, the name is this, and there's no nicknames, which I think would be really hard to do, would be to try to talk with them about it and expect that it's going to accomplish not a lot. Now, it might, right? I mean, if you send an email or you, uh, during a trade-off, if, if you and this new girlfriend are, you know, interacting every once in a while, and if you were able just to say, hey, you know, um, you know, hey, this is kind of a, it, see, the problem is, is anytime we put something out there that's important to us, most of the time with a narcissistic person, they're going to whack us upside the head with it. However, sometimes we have to put ourselves in that situation just to kind of prove the point right? I mean, so your options are really just to let it go and just make your peace with it or to try to say something in the off chance that maybe at least one of them on the other side isn't just a complete a-hole and that, that it would accomplish something, but just rec- or know that the likelihood that, that reaching out to them saying, hey, could you please stop this? This is important to me. It's really frustrating. It's confusing for our kid. Would you stop? more than likely um, the answer would be no. But what else, you know, really what other options do you have though? Amazingly, I've, I've kind of, I've played my own child to a certain extent. Um, you know, and I, I would sit him down and I said, Hey, you know, what's really great about your nickname? And he goes, no, what? And I said, Bo is French for handsome. And I said, I call you Bobo because you're twice as handsome. <laughs> That's cool. You know, I try to give him that sense of identity for himself. But it's not, I just, I guess I get upset because Bobo just reminds me of like Bobo the Clown. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you, I, I thought hard about, you know, what kind of nicknames my kids could have based off their full names. And I gave them tons of options, depending on whatever they wanted to be in life. I mean, if my daughter decides to, you know, be a lesbian later on in life or whatever, you know, she likes girls, she can have a more masculine, feminine name. Right. Um, I tried to make sure they didn't have any nicknames that, you know, would get them picked on in school. Yep. So I'm like, I'm upset that, you know, she's, she's instilling this nickname that you know i'm i'm associating it with a clown but i know no that's not what i want him to feel like honestly tiffany i'm i'm actually going through the pretty much the exact same thing i named all my kids names had a had a reason oh geez i'm not i'm not gonna say i gotta make sure i don't say them but but there was there was thought and reason behind everything and I'm dealing with a very similar situation where all that's been erased. I remember just recently having a conversation. It's like, oh, well, this middle, this name means nothing. You know, this name is not important. It's just a stupid, you know, whatever name. And I'm, and I've, this just recently happened and the kid didn't realize it. Right. I mean, it, but it was like, holy crap, you know, this like, these people don't stop. 
You know, so your options are to try to say, and I didn't, I'm not saying anything. I'm not engaging with it because I'm not even going to try to give the ex the satisfaction that something bothers me. But, uh, you know, your option is just to completely let it go and do like you're doing and just bite your tongue on it or try to say something in the off chance that they will, will change or do something different. But I think the reality is they're probably not, but you're, you're, I, I completely can understand what you're dealing with. I completely understand. So everything you're I mean, feeling is not is wrong. Like his, Go ahead. The other thing is, is that um, on, on a different card, you know, the name was written wrong, but um, it was my second oldest son's birthday card and his, his fiance slash girlfriend, because I don't even believe that they're engaged. Um, she wrote, mama and then she wrote her name and i'm like why are you insisting that they call you mama yeah okay so that's that's a bad sign so that means you're dealing with some yeah then that little tidbit of information i would just let it go and not even try to engage with it because you're dealing with people because as soon as someone tries to do that that's that's a huge bad sign hey we are running out of time tiff i hate our tiffany sorry i don't mean to shorten your name but but uh um, anything else you want to hit real quick before we, before we have to shut down? No, I, I appreciate you doing the live shows. Well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. And you're just hang in there. All right, guys, you know, man, this is, it's a, ama- that was weird because I am dealing with something very similar to that right now. Um, it just makes it incredibly tough. And I mean, a lot, I saw a lot of people on here, just, uh, intentional triggering, uh, wise chat matter says, even a court can't make this happen. Just try to ignore it. You know, realistically, it's like that black hole thinking what they're doing on their side is what they're doing. Now it really sucks whenever they're sending the notes over to you and you're looking at them, you're like, Oh, great. You know, this person who's not, they're not even engaged or if they are engaged is trying to instill that they're the, you know, a mom, God, that is so freaking annoying. You know, I mean, why? Well, I okay. We get why people do that, but come on, you know, new new relationship shouldn't be the new. You know, oh, this is daddy. No, it's not. It's Bill. You know, it's or it's or it's. You know, it's like even with Debbie. If I got married, I'm not going to be like, hey guys, you know, call uh, you know, call Debbie your mom. That would be weird. You know, <laughs> it's just. I mean, I don't like my ex. I think she's a horrible human, but I'm not going to do that. You know, it's just, oh, God, these people are annoying. And on that note, oh, I hit the wrong button. (laughs) All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this show. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I know it was kind of a more laid back, laid back show. But it looks like we had some decent people. God, we've got over 83 people today, it looks like. So that's pretty awesome. So thank you guys for hanging out with us today and the discussion and all the people. I got a little off of what I was going to talk about today, but I think it was a good conversation. I appreciate the caller having the courage to call in and share the story because I know that's not easy. And everybody with all the questions and the comments, again, you know, I just want to say you guys are phenomenal. The, the group in here is phenomenal. You know, we have a, a super supportive group. I know yesterday's show was a little different because of the, the topic and everything and the people that were in there. But 
You continually, daily impress me with your compassion, your empathy towards others, your ability to, to, to try to provide good support and advice. Outstanding. Really appreciate it. And on that, I also appreciate the channel members. There's also some new ones on there from a couple days ago. If you want to be a channel member, you can do that down below. I will be back tomorrow. Be kind to yourself. And like I said, we'll see you tomorrow.